we've got a wicked cool show coming up here. We're going to talk about a ton of things with VMworld. Uh, we're going to start off. We're going to talk about the VMworld VFit Run. So if you're if you're if you're keen on the run, uh, hang tight. So the first 15 minutes, we're going to talk about VFit Run, the daily run group that's going to be happening at San Francisco. It's happening at the Moscone Center. Uh, so go to discoposse.com. You can find out details of that. And then we're going to dig even deeper. We're going to get into the tech. We're going to talk about other community events going on at the VMworld show. Uh, so so jump in at about 15 minutes and beyond. It's, we're going to nerd out. Uh, before then, you'll hear about the VFIT. You can hear about Coffee Exchange and lots more. So enjoy the show. to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. All right, and we're here again. And uh, thank you very much. This is uh, another Disco Posse podcast. Uh, this is we, we call this the, the shared cast in a way. Uh, I'm super happy because I get to welcome back our regular guest, someone who I'd love to actually, uh, I wish we could just co-host and do this all the time. Uh, Rob Hirschfeld, you know him as Zeekel, you know him as the latest shiny, you know him as a lot of things. He's Rackin, he's community, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> Rob, let's, uh, you know, we've, it, this is a blast. We're going to talk about VMworld stuff. It's kind of timely. So if you're listening uh, a few weeks behind, it's not going to make as much sense. However, let's hope we catch it, uh, catch it live or early. Uh, but there's more than just event stuff we're going to talk about. Rob, let's reintroduce yourself. And we're going to get talk about a bunch of VMworld activities and what's going on in the world right now. Looking forward to it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and one of the things that's interesting to me is this is, will be my first VMworld. Um, which is a long journey. I've been using VMware since 1999. So yeah, first, first time, uh, first time uh, caller, last a long time user. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I sort of dove right into cloud, and then, and then uh, we've been coming back to it. Um, so uh, my name's Rob Hirschfeld. I've been in cloud communities for quite some time, OpenStack and uh, Kubernetes, and then uh, my company specializes in bare metal infrastructure. So we actually uh, run a project called Digital Rebar, uh, and then extend it like crazy uh, for production to automate the physical layer, the underlay, if you will, for what what VMware sort of forgot to do. Well, um, <laughs> when uh, they built built out their infrastructure, uh, that's reckon that's for reckon in a nutshell. We fixed it, fixed the hardware automation piece. Yeah, it's funny we 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 were sold the idea that. You only just do this once by hand, and then the rest is easy. But I'm like, wait a second, what if you didn't have to do that? Right? There's, uh, we we were we were sold uh, the idea that it's okay to do a little more the old school way, and and then uh, I like that you've you've closed the closed the door on the need for that at all, and and much more, much more. I don't want to oversimplify. This is, well, this is these are battle scars for us from the OpenStack days. We my team founded a project called Crowbar, which was the first OpenStack installer. And we just ran around like bleeding out the eye sockets because every time we didn't install it, it was it was broken. And it wasn't OpenStack's fault. You and I've talked about this in the past. The problem is that automating the physical layer is so hard, people just would skip it and they'd, they'd go straight to the you know, put in the floppy disks and and then and that figure life will improve after after they get through that first part. Uh, and then and we found that if you fix that first part. Everything you know, everything you built on top of it's better. It's shaky foundations. The Jenga tower of IT infrastructure is is not a healthy place to be, and not to Amazon's benefit. But yeah, that's right. The, somebody wins in that one. It's we could say that uh, you know people were worried about the snowflakes of hardware, so instead they put OpenStack on top and created snowflakes in software. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's uh, so we've got VMworld coming up, VMworld 2019. It's back in San Francisco. I, I wanted to get you on because one of the most exciting things I love to do outside of technology is to be able to really, you know, 
take conversations and, and, and have great opportunities to hang out with people outside of the normal, you know, hey, we're in a booth or, or we're at an event or we're on a sales, e you know, even when you're at community tech events, it's a lot of times you still have like a, a lot more product focus and, and whatnot. So mm. one of my favorite things to do at events is is we do a daily run group. And I say we because you and I have been been doing them together for a long time. I started this years ago. I called it the hashtag VFIT because, you know, everything VMware had to have a V in front of it. <laughs> and so I just, right. you know, with, with a couple of friends just – you know, I met somebody who I'd never met in person, but knew through Twitter. And he's like, hey, he was from, from the UK. And I said, hey, well, I'm going for a run tomorrow morning. Um, he's like, oh, I'd love to go for a run. You know, how far do you want to go? I said, I'm just going to go probably like 5K, nothing crazy. So I've got a friend who wants to join. Is that is that great? I said, sure thing. So we, we went that morning. It was Sunday morning because I always used to go in a day early. And uh and really had a blast just running down the Embarcadero in San Francisco. It's a beautiful view, uh, nice, gentle breeze, great temperatures, and just great conversation with folks that I would never get a chance to hang out with. And once we get to the event center, of course, you're like in community and crowd mode. So it's hard to really have meaningful conversations. And so there's this VFIT thing happened. And at the end of that run, we said, we all said like, hey, this is really cool. Do you want to do it again tomorrow? And so the next day we did, and we found a couple of other people. And then at the second day we said, "Hey, do you want to do it again tomorrow?" And ultimately we did. You know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and actually I was there until Friday. And so collectively we, I think we had like eight people each day, which doesn't seem huge, but to have like a random collection of eight people, often different, every single day to go out. And so I made it kind of a, uh, a part of my event. Every time I went somewhere, I wanted to do this. And VMware was, VMworld was kind of like my main event back in the day. And so that's how it, you know, VFIT became a thing. And next thing you know, I was going to the OpenStack Summit. And I think I started the idea, and then I, I saw that you were already already rolling out. And so we, yep. we went together, and, and you know we've, we've co-chaired a lot of community runs, which has been a blast. With that and then well you you have it you actually do it as a, a, a on the agenda item at um, interop oh yes interop. yeah <laughs> Which yeah is that's a, the ultimate win I think is that when people see the value of adding like healthiness uh, you know and and you know we're adding mindfulness and we're adding you know uh, yoga and other things into these these events so it's kind of cool that uh, the team at interop. Huge shout out to the UBM folks and, and all the organizers there. They said, hey, you know, since you do this all the time and a lot of people seem to show up, do you want to put it on the event in the in the actual you know agenda? And I think we had like 35 or 40 people with that us on huge, the event. That was a huge crowd. And like IBM Think does a, a run that's really, really good. I've done that a couple of times. Um, and, and then Ofcon traditionally has done, done runs. And, and for people who don't run much, um, it can be intimidating. Uh, it's, you know, usually the 5Ks are pretty short and there's there's always somebody who's, you know, going to run at your pace. So don't don't stress on, you know, you're, you're, you're not a runner. You're not Ben Keeps. You don't, you know, you don't have to keep up with him. Um, That's right. He's, he's an ultra marathoner. And, and Eric and I both, I think, are like, Ben, you have to wake up two hours before we do to even get to them, you, you know, to show up at the pace we want to run. Um but yeah, we people, had a, people wake up and run with him too. So just let it. people know. Last, I think it was we had. I sort of as a poke. I saw that Ben was going to be at an event, and and again for folks that should follow Ben Keeps on on Twitter. He's at Ben e B E N K E P E S. Uh, ben, super good, good person, and uh, a great analyst, smart fellow, uh, good conversationalist. And runs a lot, like a lot. Uh, and yeah, we said like, hey, Ben, since I see you're around, maybe you want to go for, a, do, well, the real win would be if you joined us for a run. And so he's like, you sure. You want to join his cool down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and so I joked when he got to the start of our run and I said to everybody there, we probably had a good, like about a 10 or 12 person crowd. And I said, for folks that don't already know Ben, he's probably already been out for, for 10K and he sort of goes, uh, 24 actually. Uh, <laughs> so he'd he'd done 24 as a warm up to our little 5K. And then I think he hung on and went for another 10 after we finished. So uh, he's, he's a different level, but once again, we're, we're going to be casual. <laughs> be so bad. It it's so fun because we 
we have people that because we were getting a reasonable group of people that go it all the time, you get walking groups, you get, you know, fast run groups, you get midstream run groups. And personally, I always say this, I said, I'm, I'm not a runner. I just, I'm just a person that runs. Like I'm not a, I don't mm-hmm. train. I couldn't honestly tell you what my like minute per mile pace is first. Cause I'm Canadian and I don't know what a mile is. And secondly, <laughs> I don't, yeah, for those I don't minutes too, it throws everything else off. That's right. So I, I I kind of think if we go at the pace that we go, and usually you have a pretty common pace, and like you said, it's 5K, no one's really going to get upended. Like, it's not painful, and we do it on purpose to be that way so that it's 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 fun to join, and, you know, and again, people join multiple days. It's a blast. And, and if you and if you want to do more, sometimes, the, you know, the group will, will sort of do a, do, a, do an extra lap, and you'll, you'll, you can, if you're a 10Ker, then, then that's fine. I, I like it because if you're if you're in the run you know it you're breathing and so it sort of forces you to shut up if you're on a you're on a soap <laughs> you know it's harder to soapbox when you're when you have to breathe and run so it, it leads to more back and forth conversation yeah it's how every every podcast should go is there's some per, one some person takes a turn talking while everybody else catches their breath and then they they develop great thoughts and, and replies and then they finally work up the breath to be able to give them back <laughs> podcast 5k we should we should give it a shot although i think yeah it'll be a lot of thump 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 heavy Uh, breathing and and craziness uh, so we're not gonna do it no no but so the point of so vmworld 2019 it's in san francisco uh i will be there early uh in the sense that i'm there before the event begins i'm coming in on saturday uh which uh, is a day ahead. So as a result, I'm actually going to do the run from Sunday morning onward, which is a blast because it's I'm going to commit to do it every day, uh, which I always feels like a good idea four weeks out or eight weeks out, and it'll it'll hurt when I'm there, but it'll be okay. So the the official you know official unofficial VFit runs will be from Saturday or for Sunday the 25th through the 26th, 27th, 28th. And the uh, 29th, or maybe a straggling group, uh, I'm actually not going to be there. I'm taking a red eye back on the final day. Um, but at any rate, we'll have, we'll have runs every day. I'll post them on my website. If you go to discoposse.com slash vfit, uh, you'll get to the vfit page, and it gives all the details, including the run route. Uh, we go at the end. We usually stop for a blue bottle to grab a coffee. Uh, and then people are generally staying in the area. So it's very easy. We start from the Moscone Center. So Moscone South, we meet every day and we roll out. I'm aiming, I believe, we usually would make it at seven. We may have to go a little earlier depending on keynote times and such. Uh, so I think it'll be 6.45. Um, but, you know, we've we've met a lot of interesting people along the way. And, you know, I, I would lo- I'm going to put you on the spot, Rob, like, What's the difference between, you know, the run experience and, and how it enhances your community and conference experience? Oh, my goodness. I mean, besides just starting the day on the right right track, I have, have people that um, I have so much deeper relationships with. Um, and we've, you know, sometimes we'll solve real problems. <laughs> you, get, you get really good, good, deep experience with that. Um, and those are the, actually the more lasting relationships I have from the conferences. Um, and some just yeah, some beautiful it, it, runs. Yeah. That well, that's the the amazing thing is the the scenery is great. Uh, I mean, we do this in Las Vegas uh, for the events there, so I'm actually going to be doing it <clears throat> for AWS reInvent as well. Uh, and I usually I would we I do it so that we go to the the sign every day because it's like a big thing. People come from all over, and they want to go and take a picture by the Las Vegas Welcome to Las Vegas sign. So we. It's close enough to the hotels. We always do it. And he always asks, like, oh, if you're going for more than one day, like, well, where's the run tomorrow? I'm like, it's, it's to the sign. Because, you know, somebody may not have been there and they want to go and they'll be the first time runner tomorrow. And uh, so it's. <laughs> well, and, you, and, and as you and I know, you can you can wander off the beaten path and, and get trapped into a hotel security uh, cul-de-sac pretty quickly if you're not careful. <laughs> That's right. So I, I really enjoy San Francisco for this. You know, there's 
I, I, I won't enjoy the fact that I'm going to submit an expense report that's going to be a seed funding round for another startup uh, for having to be there for five straight days. It's an expensive uh. city and switching to be in for a conference, but um, it is beautiful if you find it. Uh, interesting town, that's for sure. Uh, you get some mixed reactions on on us going back to San Francisco, and I rarely would say that I, I, I would use the phrase, Boy, I miss when VMworld was in Las Vegas. O only because I just—it's—it's it's cheap. Everything's easy to get to, uh, and you know, I, I know what the temperature is going to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, for as a conference city, Vegas has ha definitely has an appeal, and it's cheap. And now you're you're going to be at VMworld. You've got, uh, like you said, this is the first time. So what? What's the prompt to to bring you there uh, for the first time around? Ah, uh, that comes back to the the VMware integrations that Racken's been doing um, has has got us and uh, some some of our customers very excited. So um, you know, it's time for time for us to put into presence. I, people who know my background, you know, I've been an open source guy for a long, long time, and so I sort of you know approached. VM, VMware skeptically, but uh, for on-premise and enterprise, they're they're crushing it. Um, they they really really are, and uh, they provide a lot of value. So I I, I shouldn't I, I don't mean to be cagey. I'll tell you exactly what we're doing. Um, we are literally doing zero touch bootstrap a physical layer for for VMware clusters. Um, so they're they're building a v uh, v cloud formations where you you have to feed in a whole bunch of information about your infrastructure to build the cluster. Um, we actually can do that whole process, feed it, and let the cluster build. But we're we're going a step further, and we're actually extending uh, the digital rebar workflows into ESX. Uh, so you'll be able to do like join cluster and remove from cluster, and, and do a whole bunch of physical layer uh, extensions to the vCenter and VMware family. Um, super powerful, and it's it's the type of thing it's fire and forget type technology, right? You turn stuff on and walk away, and that's the last you worry about it. Uh, on commodity gear, right? This is like the Nutanix experience, um, but one white box, bring your own hardware type stuff. And I, I, I don't. I wish you didn't. We didn't just like squeeze this amongst the conversation about running and. and, uh, <laughs> and this is a this is a crazy cool. Uh, this is a really powerful opportunity for folks to dig in. Number one, if you they should know, or at least look at what you've been doing. Uh, you know what your platform does, what the community wrapped around it does. Uh, this is cool. And this is a problem that I've been looking to solve, and I've used a lot of haphazardly crafted scripts, and I've then borrowed from others, glued together stuff, run stuff on the cloud just so that I can avoid the physical tier. Um, mm -hmm. And this now kind of cuts down a lot of that stuff. And for folks, you know, I would say probably four years ago when you know, when people were really starting to dig in more and they were talking about uh, what they were doing with, it was vCloud Air at the time, right? And this mm -hmm. whole idea of vCloud Air, I go, sorry, it's more than four years, four years is when it died. Uh, so eight years ago, I guess, vCloud Air was, was spinning up, getting a lot of heat, and they were using Puppet to do the kind of some of the initial tier. And in fact, probably under the covers, you, you were a part, whether you realized it or not, on what was doing the physical layer uh, because that was it was going to be probably crowbar running underneath it because it was Razor I think actually that was driving some of the they, they're, uh, they're, yeah there's a, this is the vendors for a variety of reasons get get involved with this stuff um, the hardware vendors um, and so VMware tries to offload it to the hardware vendors and then they have they want to inject their tooling and their sort of very opinionated way to build this stuff and it's not operationally um, not not a DevOps, you know, sort of automation mindset. It's a configure hardware mindset, um, and that's that's the difference, right? It's not just about configuring; it's actually about workflowing the systems together. Um, and every time I say workflow, bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> the the funny thing is, I, I just I, I've I've authored a, a, a little miniature guide, which is going to come out shortly by VMworld, luckily, um, from with O'Reilly. And I know, um, you know, it was it was around. Uh, uh, it's a Terraform, you know, was the focus for this one. It was it was DevOps with Terraform for VMware, and really kind of higher up in the layer of like, how do you do VM lifecycle management 
in and use Terraform as a way to do that. And because they've opened the door to some of the like the Terraform cloud and they've made it free for community and a few other things, it was it was good timing. Uh, and so it just worked out. I needed something to to be able to to write on. It was a, a meaningful topic to a lot of folks that I've talked to. Only because you hadn't announced this yet, Rob. <laughs> However, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of time yet to to write some books. So, what will. are what are you? Is there is there something that's catching your eye on on this in, in this VM world? Mostly, it this is going to be the. Uh, you know, I, the theme is definitely going to be what's getting done. I think we're, the, as a company, they're looking to move away from the tech to the outcomes, which is kind of cool. Smart. I love that we've, as an industry, have figured that out. And the and the tech people have caught up to it, too. They realize, like, I, I'm not proud that I wrote some 98-line Power CLI script to, you know, deploy vCenter. Like, that's, I'm, it, it doesn't need to be done that way anymore. And your team and other folks are, are tackling that problem like further down the stack which is awesome so i think vmware is going to they're going to be all in you know with a very strong cloud story the multi-cloud story the uh, they need to be able to uh kind of impress upon the industry that you need to have vmware in in every layer of your stack and so that's important and obviously nsx was was a big big focus over the last couple years Mm -hmm. and it's become pretty normal right like they don't People say like, oh, well, how come they don't market it as much? And like, well, because it's just, it's kind of part of the deal. It's probably in every ELA anyways. And so they're they're really moving to like, what are you actually trying to get done that made you think that this was a tool you needed to buy? And right. so we're going to see much more outcome-based stuff. We're going to see cloud foundation all over the place. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how much they're going to play uh, the the containers, you know, the, obviously with the Heptio acquisition, there's going to be that's some... what I'm very interested in seeing what what how they're how they're pivoting their messaging uh, to embrace Heptio or not. Because from our perspective, that's you know we have a we have a very nice little Kubernetes community um, zero touch builder. Um, be interesting to see if we can collaborate on the Heptio side um, and use use the bits and the dist the non distro that they've put together. I think that's a and that's a big win. I mean, obviously, they they would love for you to use PKS because of a, a of a, a parent level corporation tied back to that, mm. and they've got some sort of easy easy I will say easy integrations, easy access to other engineers that work at Pivotal that can help make it work. It's not necessarily that it's out of the box, but they're willing to toss people at it uh, to help customers adopt. Which I think you know again, if you're if you're going to look at adopting. And you're going to get people involved anyways, you know, open the door a little wider and let's just see what community driven stuff is out there. Not that I'm detracting from what PKS can do or whatever, but again, you know, it's like once the door is open, open it wide and and, and really right. look at what the requirements are and, and what the what your outcome is. If your outcome is to to stick with a vendor and, and whatnot. Well, I think I think you need to decide how you're coming at it, right? VMware for me and, and VMworld is really an infrastructure and an operations focused uh, show, or, right? That's sort of the the mindset. Um, you know, Pivotal's really been a developer company, and um, it's you know I I'm, I I don't I don't know yet because I haven't been of of what the developer footprint is for VMworld. Um, you know, to me, I get very comfortable in an operator. Um, in an operator place where somebody wants to talk about how to make make stuff work, not just build it. Yeah, I think you're you're you've got a beautiful sweet spot story of just your personal background uh, and obviously what you can bring from a platform of you and and just your community understanding of what's really going out in the enterprise. And it's cool. Mm-hmm. So last year was there was much more like there was a you know a you know VMware code is their kind of like uh, their their public. You know, push towards embracing more developers. Uh, you're seeing the shift for people who were they were called technical marketing engineers. Now they're called cloud advocates. Like, oh, okay, so evangelist is the ad- advocates, the new evangelist <laughs> or marketing engineer. Uh, so they're I've done some shows about that exact thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and oh, so this is I, I I hate to make fun of this one, but I I saw it. I saw it. apparently we've jumped the shark on DevOps because the latest Kubernetes white paper that that VMware put out says that it's SRE ops is the new DevOps. I'm like, 
I don't even know that you and I have this conversation like two years ago and and more or less predict that. I thought we did. Yeah. So I I, I like SRE ops. Just I'm not quite sure if that's actually a a phrase we should ever use. Nope. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) But the the point is they're they are they're you're seeing the up leveling of administration administrators and architects that they're they're figuring out that code's important to their life. Even if mm-hmm. a, a, they're dabbling, it doesn't need to be all in like learning Go or whatever. Like they just need to be able to understand what code's doing, so they can embrace other platforms that are using code layer stuff. Um, yeah, so and there's there's a whole the whole infrastructure is code movement, um, infrastructure is software movement. Um, that's its own topic. Excellent one. I I suspect you will hear that you know software defined data center and infrastructure is code and. A bunch of marketing gloss. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in meeting the pig, not the lipstick. So, um, we, we, you know, we can do a wrap show and, and or wrap up show. We can do it in wrap, I suppose. Um, that would be really that would be more painful than the running show. Um, <laughs> the uh, and 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 talk about how some of that stuff played out. But it's you know it, it's a real it, you know automating infrastructure, which is what operators really have to do requires them you know us to learn code uh, and code principles and use github and um we've been starting to bandy around a term that i really like called the continuously integrated data center Ooh, i like that 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 brings together so so maybe that was where i should have started from and all this stuff but that's if you put together all the disparate pieces that rack ends building the infrastructure is code the workflow gotta ring the bell there's my bell there's my bell the workflow and uh, other pieces, um, all of that turns into this continuously integrated data center concept, um, which we get very excited about. Day two, it's a day two operations thing. Yeah, and it's so. This is what's cool, and and I, I implore folks, you know, when they're when they're out walking the floor and they're talking with other people, it's such a great peer opportunity as well. Um, so I'm also in like the VMware V Expert, which is like kind of a, a, a peer community for folks that you know either write or or, or talk about or evangelize VMware stuff. Uh, so I've been doing that for a long time. I think I'm like five or six or seven year V. I think seven years as a V Expert, which is super cool. Congratulations. Thanks. And you know it's because even where you know there's I've did more in different communities. I you know people still saw that I was. I was at both sides, you know, being able to, to help to tell the story, and and really we're we're bringing people between communities. So you go to reinvent and a, and VMware will be a like triple diamond platinum, whatever the like top level you know uh, sponsorship is, they'll they'll be that because of VMware Cloud on AWS, and obviously that's a big drive. So that's there's another one. So uh, I I'm neither. I'm not going to talk deeply about my opinions on VMware Cloud and AWS. Uh, <laughs> I, I really want to sit through the show and hear where things are at, because um, it's uh, you know obviously customer counts are going to be important. Uh, f- I've I've heard some really good things. Uh, I, I look at the TCO calculator and it kind of doesn't line up for me uh, for certain things, but it's super valuable for other things. So. Uh, I really want to dig in more on on real active use cases and talk to some more people that are using it. Uh, and actually, I'm, I mean, I was heading down the road to do my certification, so I understand the platform, the technology side. Uh, but I really want to dig into where people are doing cool things, which is Makes which sense. is what matters. Do you think VMware is going to highlight edge stories? I, they I, will, yeah. That was, so that was the thing. That's and this is timely that, we, that you're here because you know your your work in edge. And what VMware is kind of like trying to really make sure that they're very strong at edge. They're also, I mean, they're they're like triple diamond sponsors at like blockchain conferences. They're doing <laughs> everything. Like they're at they're at every conference because they, they've got they, they're an on premises IT infrastructure company. I know that I know they really want to be cloud too, but you know, that's they they have a huge they're in every every single enterprise. Right. It's like we always joke about, you know, when someone asks you, you know, uh, if, which, how many customers do you walk into that are using AWS? It's easy. It's 100%, right? It's in one way or another, it's 100%. And, and then the same goes for the VMware side of the world. Like, even if they're Hyper V and SCVMM, inevitably it's sitting beside either, uh, a, you know, a, 
a soon to be unused or soon to be used VMware uh, environments. It's even at reInvent, every time someone come up, they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're cloud first. Or they would tell these amazing stories. We're really digging in on serverless. I'm like, cool. So where's the rest of your like back office operation stuff running? Oh, we have four giant VMware data centers. Ah. That's right. And, and that's, but I, you know, I, I'm tired of us shaming people for this. I want to fix the problems that make that, you know, that, that lead into this, this idea that Amazon is better at operating data centers than, than everybody else. Cause it's, it's not, they are, they're really good at it, but it could be done better by everybody else too. And it's time for us to fix that. Um, it's, you know, like I, I like to say, you know, there, there isn't some secret um, mineral that's, that exists in Seattle that Amazon has, you know, has the only mine of called, you know, operation, operations, Inium. That's right. <laughs> makes them this, have this, this lock on, on operational capability. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, what they've done can be replicated. Um, and it shouldn't have to be replicated at their scale in order to take advantage of it. It just, right. We, we talk to people who take two to three months to bring new servers online. Um, and if you think about, you know, the cost of that time gap, and not to mention the effort that it takes to do that, but just the server sitting there waiting three, three months to be turned on and attached to a cluster. Um, you know, if you can do that in minutes, that's a huge, de huge delta. Um, and, you know, it just, it makes me sad to think that we've put these barriers in there for something that, that should ultimately be pretty straightforward to do. Um, not simple. Yeah. No, no, and that's and I think it's again it's the operational practice. I mean, I think when I when I hear that story and I hear it all the time and I see it in real environments all over the place, like we kind of we talk about everybody's like everybody's all in on DevOps and cloud and this and that. I'm like, no, no, it's like there's 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 everything that's going on in every data center and in every environment. Hybrid is 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 just standard uh, and because there's some mix and match of of hardware of of public and private, of public and public, uh, you know, there's all these different mixes and matches. And this is, this to me is, you know, as much as the Kubernetes crowd is very hot right now and they're doing a lot of great work um, and creating some, some portable, you know, platform that, that people can use, it doesn't lessen the need or the import of having, you know, a virtual machine infrastructure as an abstraction layer where you need it. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody who was saying, yeah, you know, even if I put Kubernetes directly on metal, um, which, you know, we're excited to talk about, the, the, the form factor of the machines doesn't match, right? So if you have a terabyte of RAM, running Kubernetes in that environment is not going to scale. You're going to have to partition it into smaller units. Um, and so no matter what you're doing, you're, you're looking at, you know, a layered infrastructure for now, potentially for a long, long time. Um, even even in edge deployments, if you've got you know a four machine cluster, you might need to virtualize it and create a twenty machine cluster just because of the way you're distributing the applications and the you know, need to isolate operating systems from the you know, the four hosts might only have one operating system on it. Um, it's just you know that's it's not bad. It's it's life. We just have to do a better job with it. And I think of even today, they're still going on the classic old practice with I used to love. We could people could have burn in, right? You'd get a brand new piece of hardware, you'd light it up. Well, you made your voice super soft. The classical practice. <laughs> and and you'd leave it running for like four days or five days and, and they they called it burn in, like as if on day two more parts break. Uh and like, well, I guess suppose if you're gonna run production stuff on it, if oh, and if yeah. it's if you if that one server is going to cause a grand outage, you, you burn in isn't your problem. <laughs> Architecture is your problem. Stories from the field. <clears throat> uh, no, the uh, but I mean there there is an extent to which we find people um, their operational practice is you know not finding things early uh, causes a lot of very expensive um, toil is the right word for it. Um, so if it, you know, it's it's super common for people to just get a, a network interface reversed, or a bad NIC cable, or a bad network cable, or a RAM DIM being unseated. And if you don't catch those things early, um, building infrastructure on top of that is going to always you're gonna you're gonna always have a, a fly in that ointment. Um, and you you know, 
so I, I agree with you, you know, burning in a machine for 48 hours, you know, might find some infant mortality stuff. Um, nowadays, not as much, but if it finds a misconfiguration in your hardware or a bad drive or a you know, bad cable or something like that, that time is really valuable, especially if it's automated and just happens over the weekend. But Right. Yeah. Well, and so this really highlights that if, if we've moved the automation further up the stack, then why in goodness name wouldn't you go down to old team underlay and tell them that they can have a better day because they can they can do this stuff and even like the theme that we're I'm building for my 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 the turbonomic team booth you know where we always have these idea of, of thematic approach stuff is really this thing of you know I I'm doing this because something else is being automated I'd rather be doing X right and 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 that's that's where people. You know, I used to hear stories, and we I mean we shared some of them, like customer events. People were like, "Oh yeah, well, I almost died in a car crash because at four o'clock in the morning I was going in, and and we'd been all day, and and then we had a we had to do a server implementation, and it was like, oh, it's terrible. And like they're they're really heart wrenching stories in the end about about stuff that people are going through, and <clears throat> automation and and better practices are relieving the need for that stuff to occur. And there's the occasional hanger on who's like they kind of they kind of dig the heroics and like man there's there's things that you could be way more proud to be heroic on <laughs> than than racking and 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 deploying metal right it's you know this has been what's sad from our perspective um is that you know there's a lot of every data center is a snowflake um and usually not for bad reasons usually for you know reasonable reasons and we just didn't build that into our automation and so everybody redid the same work over and over and over again um and then you get the vendor problem where Dell doesn't want to help you run hps and and the, right i get it but uh um and so we you know we end up with you know a, a lot of heterogeneity that is useful heterogeneity but but very expensive. You know, we've let it get very expensive because we kept fixing it one one by one by one. Um, I don't know how many times I hear this, right? Oh, don't worry about you know, we don't have a data center problem because we're just gonna keep buying the same model server forever. And we're gonna write our <laughs> on that one model server. And you know, you can call them up three months later and you're like, hey, um, what's how's that going? And they're like, oh, the vendor changed the NIC on us and we can't get that server with the same NIC anymore, and now our you know our drivers driver we have two images now for drive, you know, because the NIC driver is different. Um, it's just you got to build that into the plan, um, and then put something like you know, we'll pro go full VMware promotion, right? Then you put something like VMware on top of it, and then everything is you know E zero and you know virtualized hardware, and you don't have to worry about that again. That's sort of where the world has lived. We just uh, that doesn't handle. Oh, I have a yet another out-of-order execution vulnerability and I need to patch my BIOS again and reinstall VMware and, oh, they changed the, um, I'm famous for this, they, they changed the uh, install ICO with different uh, vendor requirements and now it right. doesn't install, you know, I have to patch it before I install it, which they need to do. It's not a bad thing, um, but, you know, now you're stuck. You have to you, you know, either patch and upgrade or stay on an old rev. And the the other thing that's very important is that when people go to VMworld or, or any major event, right, of course, when you watch the keynote, it's always these incredible stories. And they're these huge environments. And like when they talk about stuff at scale, I'm like, at scale is a is a scary word for a lot of people because if I've got, you know, 40 hosts in my environment, every solution that I look at if I watch these keynotes is going to be you know, 2,000 servers in, in each data center. And, and it's the there's always a sense that, well, oh, of course they did this because they have thousands of hosts or hundreds and hundreds of hosts. And like, you, you've got four, it's time to automate, right? <laughs> Unless you're deploying once by hand and then never touching it, 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 there's a reason to automate it. There's a reason to think about, can I make this repeatable? Like you said, that problem of, we're just going to buy the same server. Well, that the day will come when you can't get that. Even if you've been guaranteed it, I've I've, I've purchased <laughs> servers at significant scale with literal contractual guarantees about availability of hardware from major three-letter vendors, and 
six months later, you go to buy it and they're like, well, if you actually read the contract, it says that we would support the existing and we'll provide firmware and we'll provide compatibility and 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 it's like, okay, like we 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 got bit because we thought it would always be the same, and so we learned and and I think there's a there's a great chance for all of us to learn. And and the thing that's interesting to me from from what you're describing is you just described an edge data center though, right? There's a lot of people now who when they say I have a thousand servers, right? Um, they're starting to realize that it's the use cases. I have a thousand, you know, I, I have 254 machine clusters, right? <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's a very real, you know, small, small needs to work. Uh, it's actually in some ways more important, especially when you start talking about uh, multi-site uh, consistency and automation, because uh, you have less footprint for operational overhead uh, from that perspective. And in, in those cases, heterogeneity is going to be really high up because if you're distributing, you know, lots of environments, you might not be able to get the servers in China, um, or right. you might have to source, uh, you know, something else in another location and and plan on it being, you know, maybe maybe if you're doing that, you're you're buying lower cost gear. You're not buying the the platinum double diamond uh, hardware spec that you would like, you know, that they would want you to buy for the VX rail. Well, and it's the also the other thing of it, the, you, we treat it as like, well, you're either buying you're buying brand or you're buying commodity. And let's say, okay, commodity, you mean super micro, like <laughs> which is a brand at this point. It's like uh, saying RT is like not a brand. <laughs> it is a brand, but I would argue that even um, Adele, right? If you're if you're not buying off of VMware SKU list, Adele is a commodity server, right? And so, right. I, I know I know the people in the converged infrastructure space, you know, made a lot of hay early on by by being very prescriptive on the systems that you bought, and that would, they solved a lot of the problems you and I are talking about by by appliance sizing this. But those aren't commodity servers. You know, when when you move to a commodity server, it's you're off that that premium SKU. Um, and a lot of times it's not just that it's a, it's a commodity server. Then you've, you've freed yourself from a SAN backlink. Right. Um, cause that to me is one of the big differences. If you're talking about a fiber channel infrastructure in the backplane or, or a high grade network, uh, to, to do a SAN back virtual infrastructure, um, those are not commodity servers. Those are premiums. Yeah, it may it may have all the bits of a commodity server, but it's got a matching HCL. It's got a different uh, support system wrapped around it. It's you know, commodity goes up to the services tier, and and people forget that commodity isn't just the SKUs that you buy. It's uh, of the hardware. There's the total package will indicate whether it's commodity. The fact whether you can buy it, I don't not, don't say you have to be able to buy it at Best Buy in order to call it commodity, but at least you've got to be able to buy it at a more generic way and 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 mix and match here and there. Um, so oh, sorry. The, and one thing, this is we'll, we we're going to do a post show on it, and and you are I'm I'm sure you and I will have good uh, things to talk about AWS Outposts uh, mm. featuring the VMware Cloud Foundation. Uh, relative to AWS's own, a choice to to be native EC2 on Outpost. So I don't know, I don't know what the dates are for announcements. I'm assuming that somewhere on the one of those keynote stages in San Francisco, that VMware will have a public customer story about their uh, Outpost implementation. I'd just be curious to see what what comes. So that's. <laughs> you know, uh, that's as prophetic as I can get. Yeah, we're, uh, we we would we would need to rate the likelihood of of um, firmness for, from from marketing fluff to rock solid um, uh, on the on the scale. I'm going to be super interested on that. The outposts announcement at AWS was was very future oriented fluff side. Uh, I'm sure I, I know that there there's real stuff there and real engineers working on it and and trying to build stuff. I, I also have watched Azure Stack uh, took you know much longer to get even the basics working than they expected. So yeah, so maybe, that, maybe, that... Maybe, maybe maybe Amazon does did find that vein of of operations idiom uh, up there for Outpost. Uh, I'd be curious. Only available in those Pacific Coast mountains. That's uh... <laughs> exactly right. 
I had a good chat with uh, Ben Kehoe uh, on a recent podcast on that. It was uh, we had a Twitter conversation that uh, he called me out on on the lack of ability to be descriptive and, and nuanced. Uh, Twitter doesn't give you a lot a lot of room, and uh, he what? spotted me and called me. <laughs> so I was like, "All right, you're right. You're right. I did not give the right level of detail on this. It would be super cool if we could have a conversation, and we did. And so that was Ben's. Ben's actually super cool. We had a good long chat on a bunch of things around serverless and, and outposts, and right. and he and I were funny. We both said what we're talking about now, and people are going to listen to this show maybe in, in five months ago, these guys are idiots. This is not what it is because we were going off of, you know, what isn't real yet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's marketing. Marketing is, marketing isn't easy. It's never been easy, but it's, it's certainly faster to deliver marketing than it is to deliver product. Uh, now the other thing, so obviously at the event, uh, again, if you're coming to VMworld, you, you want to get out, you want to talk to folks on the ground, you want to listen to the stories, uh, go out to find as much sort of community related stuff. There's a ton of, of really strong community focused folks there. Uh, there's the VMware, or VMware hosts a lot of community events in and out of the, the event center. Uh, there's a team called V Brown Bag. So they usually have, uh, they have their own like communities oriented talks that are going on. It's kind of like the unconference that's happening in the conference. It's usually in the community lounge. So you'll see like 10 minute presentations from folks on a ton of subjects. They're publicly available. They actually stream live usually. So it's really cool. Uh, and of course, here's my, la my last sort of shameless plug for my own activities I'm doing beyond the daily VFIT runs, uh, the Community Coffee Exchange. So this started a couple of years ago at VMworld. Uh, a good friend of mine, Cody Bunch, uh, you know Cody and, and folks that are listening may know Cody. Uh, he's uh, super cool, done a ton of stuff for the community, and he decided to do this coffee exchange a few years ago. And so people just come and bring like a pound or two pounds of their locally roasted coffee and just bring them in. And then we would sort of roll dice and, and choose who gets to take away which ones on the other side. So you'd bring two, you take two. And it was, it was kind of neat. And then he wasn't going to the following VMworld a couple of years ago. So I said, hey, I'll take this one on. I'll, I'll run the community coffee exchange. So I did it and I, I hosted it at the Turbonomic booth. And what ended up happening was we had a, a pretty good uptake, uh, so much so that we actually had 20, I think it was 24 people uh, that, that brought in between one and two pounds. We had 44 pounds of coffee that changed hands. I I probably have to get some kind of, of, of actual license to do this at this point. <laughs> um, so that's what it is. If you want to come in and you want to uh, taste some coffee from around the world, just you know, you, I'll, I'll include the link for the sign-up form. So if you just go to discoposse.com, I'll have the, the link there. Uh, so you can sign up, say, I'm going to bring one or two bags of beans. You bring them to, to me at the booth or bring them to my team at the booth. And then a day or two later, you come back. And you just you grab what you took. So if you bring one, you take one. If you bring two, you take two. And it's a chance to literally try. People come from all over the world, and they bring coffee beans. So you get to to test stuff out. And it was it was so cool. I've done it actually at every event now, to the point where my team it's it's famous. They say like, oh, so are we doing the coffee thing again this year? Like they they just see these random people showing up to the booth with armloads of coffee. So it's kind of fun. That's awesome. So hopefully uh, I, I can count on you, Rob, to bring some of Austin's finest, and uh, and it would be neat to uh, to see. Uh, you guys have a show. We've got a lot of really good local roasters, but uh, yeah, I'll find something colorful. Maybe so the uh, there you go, there you go. It, so really, this is what what I enjoy is no matter what's going on on the stage, uh, what's going on off the stage is 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 really founded in the strength of community. Uh, there's a, a strong technical group. Uh, there will be a hackathon, which I'm I'm aiming to be at. In fact, I hope to lead a team at, which is going to be a lot of fun. It's a little bit crazy, uh, but it's enjoyable. My virtual design master team were doing an online hackathon before it to try and excite people about the idea that they can actually go to a hackathon even if they aren't developers. So we're, we're really trying to like open up inclusivity for hackathons. It's kind of like hackathons for ops. Uh, so I'm hoping to to bring at least one team there and, and get some people involved. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll recruit some of you and your team, Rob, 
Do you guys have like legit development chops? And uh, uh, but you know, it, it would be good even just to get some advice from you on on how folks can approach stuff like that when they kind of come. Would, from would, uh, we, have, we have somebody on the team named Mike Rice who's uh, done some V brown bags, and he's he's literally building the uh, VMware agent. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's way down deep in the weeds right now, but um, I'll have to see about see about pulling him in. Some of the other team members. We, I mean, we have a pretty active community ourselves, and a lot of people like to do ESX. And happy to play with you and, and try and figure out the right way to get something done. That'd and cool. and and your team but as well. Like you, you, you started the show with. It's not a it's not a startup budget show. It's a, definitely a premium in that location. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, the other thing as well, um, let's talk about your community side stuff. Uh, I yeah. saw, I, I saw that you're kicking up the online meetups again. Uh, so that was cool. And you, uh, so you, you shared just kind of, you want to talk about that and, and what yeah. your aim is around that. Yeah. So, um, we have a, a Slack community, um, around digital rebar. It's, you know, it's the open source core of what we do. Um, and there's a ton of people in that community playing around, you know, doing everything from just doing better pixie boots and, and automation to playing with the, the self-bootstrapping Kubernetes pieces. Um, we've dusted off uh, some of our Ansible work where you can um, create dynamic inventories out of Ansible, and we're about to create a stage that'll do a, a single-node Ansible run. All those things are community stuff, so they're super accessible for people who just sort of want to look at look at ways to build more integrated workflows um yeah and we'd love to have people come in and, and start playing we, every once in a while we see some really cool stuff you had highlighted um on twitter uh, we had somebody in the kubernetes uh in the what we call crib or uh, kubernetes rebar integration uh that um somebody actually did a vault secrets automatic unlock um it's it's insane, and and we've gotten to a point where at like three fourteen, we're about to release three fourteen, and so the, the the feature set and some of the maturity of things that we've been building into the system, um, just like it's those it's those fine details like some of the filtering that we can do now, um, secure parameters, and you know like you can actually secure data in the back end, um, normal. I mean it's, that should be normal stuff. It's amazing how much, you know, people just don't have ways to secure. Uh, information uh, that they're using to provision systems. It's sad. Um, so there's a there's a ton of ways to get in and play, and we're we're about to redo our Terraform integrations too. So if people want to Terraform Metal, um, we're about to to reset that to version two um, and make Terraforming Metal. Um, or you can already do it with version one, but it's there's a whole there's a we need a whole another hour to talk about Terraform and, and pay problems. <laughs> But, a little more uh, care and feeding required. Version two will not have the distributed state, pro the, the the single source of truth problems that uh, you can get into with, with Terraform. So there's yeah, there's tons uh, for people to play with and get get involved in. Um, we're in a lot of data centers, so we hit all sorts of wrinkles. Everything you know, ARM, we do ARM stuff. We actually can netboot Max. Um, crazy stuff that people ask for sometimes. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Like, it's the stuff that you don't realize, and like people are trying to dabble in it, and you hear like little mini sort of, uh, you know, projects that are going on, and like, ah, oh, you know, it's it's going on in one spot. Come take a look. <laughs> so, I'm glad. I was gonna say if you don't if you don't celebrate the release of of three fourteen with a, a whole bunch of pies, then I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we uh, uh that sounds like a good idea we did 313 on uh, on april fool's day um <laughs> so i'm like that wasn't the most auspicious release plan um but we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely do some pie pie pun and pie joke type of thing it'll, it'll be an amazing release the uh there's some rack end content that comes out on edge some edge capabilities around multi-site management that we're going to start making some noise about and you'll, you'll you should hear more rack end stuff as we pull together those feature sets. We've been sort of quiet over the, over the summer, heads down with customers. So. It's a good uh, that's that's good words to hear. You know, it's we when you when you see the growth and and the importance of what you're doing, and and you're seeing the customer side work that's going on, and and just the fact that you share that back and you bring it back to the community is 
is one of the many of of many reasons why I have a huge respect for you and, and your team. So it's uh, a pleasure to watch it go on and, and watch it get the attention it deserves. Appreciate that. Thank you. So VMworld will be here. We will be in San Francisco. We will be jogging along at a nice uh, talkative pace every morning at about 6.45-ish. We'll, we'll publish. Like I said, go to discoposse.com. You can find the details. If you love coffee, bring coffee. Uh, well, there's details. There's a sign-up form that I'm going to publish there as well. Uh, and I'm actually doing some some shirts for the, the running group, which is cool because a few people have asked us to do this. So I actually had a good friend, D. Absin, who... Uh, he's at D-E-E Abson, A-B-S-O-N, who he did the design for the front of the shirt. Uh, so we're sharing that out. Uh, we've got, it's like a custom ink thing. So if you want to buy a shirt, uh, it actually, it basically literally just pays for the shirt. Uh, and any extra money that, that does come through, it's been treated as a fundraiser, goes back towards the Virtual Design Master community. So we're using it to generate prize money for folks that are in, entering the hackathon. Uh, so everything's like 100% washed back to the community. Uh, this is no, no no dollars go into my pocket. In fact, a lot of dollars leave my pocket in order to make these things happen. But I'm I'm happy to do so because you hear the the positive stories on the other side, and it, it makes it worth it. So uh, and, same with the coffee stuff. It's worth noting. It's worth noting for the custom inks the way they do that. Uh, these fundraisers where you actually get the shirt directly to you, so you don't have to. There's no logistics of like collecting the shirt from from Eric at the show. It's that you you buy it, they mail it directly to the person. Um, it's it's a really nice service that they put together. I've, I've tried to do a couple of designs that way, but you have to get you have to get to their limit. So you do. Hey, tell you what, I'm I'm looking down and I see myself. I've got a uh, I've got my Rackin uh, Cloud shirt still. The the beautiful red. Uh, the red <laughs> shirt. I, I I remember you did a run of those ones, and I guess was it we didn't make the minimums or whatever, and you said I'm I'm going to do it anyways, and and so yeah, I still roll around with that shirt. We have some we have some great classic designs. So it's um it'll be good. So definitely uh and also in the community area, go and if you're a sticker fan, come get stickers. And this is for you, Rob. Make sure you bring a boat ton of stickers. Uh, drop them off. Uh, so your the rebar rebar is uh, one of the, my favorite stickers. I, I love the bear sticker. Um, so yeah, just fire those in. So you go to the community lounge, and there will be a bloggers area, and it's it will be littered with stickers, uh, and and it's a blast. So it's there's a lot of great folks there. If if you're attending and you've ever read a VMware related blog, the person who wrote it is going to be sitting at one of those tables, most likely. Just kind of. That's a that's a good good to know. One of my original uh, co-founders for one of my first startups was uh, is now is the VM blog uh, author David Marshall. So, oh nice, yes, yes. I was gonna say that I'm like VM blog me the I know David. Yeah, good good person. Uh, uh, one of uh, one of the great folks who he will be at the event rolling around. So very very cool. Awesome. He was, he was there in '99 when we were building the first VMware data center. And I don't mean our first. I mean the first. The first. That's right. That's OG. That's 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 the real deal. So nice. Well, Rob, again. Uh, so what do where do folks go if they want to hear about the pre VMworld or or where they can find you at VMworld? Uh boy, I'm gonna be I'm a hallway track type of person. So the best thing to do is is ping me on Twitter. Um, Zehicle, uh, Z e h i c l e is is a good way to do it, and we'll. If you follow that, then you'll get a lot of the Rackend news. Rackend Go is the Twitter handle for Rackend. Digital Rebar has its own Twitter, um, but we cross pollinate uh, the three. So if you're following me, you're, you'll get you'll get the news. Um, and of course, join join you know come to Rackend um, and join our Slack community. We're, we'd love to have you in talking about real physical ops and uh, how we solve problems there. It's good it's, stuff. Uh... Very, very cool. Awesome. Well, and again, so for folks who want to find out uh, about my craziness, you can go to discoposse.com. Uh, you'll see about the the runs, the coffee exchange uh, here. I'm going to be at Microsoft Ignite doing the same thing and at reInvent. So it's uh, going for the trifecta this year. Be, I'll, I'll be, I'm always at reInvent doing the hallway track too. So I will definitely be running with y'all there. And I, sh yeah. I should have mentioned, um, you know, we also co-host our own podcast. So Stephen Spector and I run a podcast. It's a little bit different than this one uh, called The Latest Shiny, where we, we focus on edge infrastructure, 
Uh, we talk about some of the open source commercialization challenges that people are having. Um, and th those are, you know, we've been sort of very focused on those topics, sometimes physical infrastructure, sometimes some other things, but it's, it's deep tech uh, type show. No, the sort of the 201 level and beyond type stuff. The do your homework is our, our, our catchphrase for, for the podcast. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, and rightly so. I I don't know how I made the uh, made the call sheet for that one a couple times. Then clearly, the the you got, went back to one hundred and one by letting me on. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Rob. We will see you at the event. And for folks, uh, again, listen. We'll uh, we'll have more podcasts leading up to other activities that are going on at VMworld. Make sure you drop by, say hi. I'll be at the Turbonomic booth. I believe it's 2033. I may be wrong, but just find the Turbonomics booth and you'll hear me uh, touting the, the things that I do there and, and you know, come and hang out, grab a drink, grab a coffee, uh, go for a run, and, and we'll see you all around San Francisco. You're